he must have thought I was a psycho because I was sitting there on the hospital bed, like at the point where I was almost laughing. Like I was smiling so much, I was trying to contain my laughter. Welcome to Psychic-ish, my name is Lydia and this is my podcast where I talk about how my psychic abilities are developing and sometimes I touch on psychic experiences I had as a kid. I feel like when I first started out with the podcast, all my episodes were about that, but I've kind of caught everyone up to speed so now it's just like, what's happening now and how shit just gets weirder and weirder in my life. I realized that last episode I completely glossed over the fact that in the episode before I'd introduce you to like this new ghost that was in our new bedroom in our flat and I'd kind of left you hanging because they'd done some weird stuff as I was trying to fall asleep. They kind of strangled me and things like that and I don't know what came over me. I didn't know if I was just really brave all of a sudden or what but I decided to sit down and talk to them, and find out more about them. Now, on that day, I finished recording, and this had all happened very quickly with this spirit, right? And I put the microphone away. I'd heard as I was recording, like, the TV in our living room turn on and off by itself, and I was just thinking, like, all right, I might not sit down and try and tune into the spirit today, but I might do it tomorrow. And then I heard my name being called from the living room. I heard that it was Dan, my boyfriend, calling my name, which would have been fine if he wasn't mountain biking like an hour and a half away from the house at that time. And he didn't say my name, Lydia. He he called me by my surname, which is like how he addresses me and how he calls out to me, kind of like a dog. <laughs> we have arguments about it. And <laughs> I just kind of stood still in our room because I was just like, oh God, if I'm hearing Dan call out my name he's hurt something's happened to him so I go out I open the door to our bedroom I go into our lounge I check and see like if he's outside like maybe he'd hurt himself and come back or something and I didn't see him so I gave him a call and I just asked him I was like where are you right now he's like you know where I am I'm biking and I was just like okay well are you okay have you hurt yourself and he said no Uh, he he was absolutely fine. And then I got off the phone call and I remembered hearing this thing. I don't know if it's like on one of those nights that I just stayed up on subreddits or whatever and kind of would read about people's spiritual experiences and like scary experiences and stuff just to try and find people that live through the same stuff as me, you know. And I remember hearing this thing about a mimic which is supposedly some mischievous entity that will mimic the voice of your loved ones or someone close to you. And the kicker is you're not meant to address it, like you're not meant to go towards the voice and you're not meant to reply to it. But I 
don't know. Like, I can't remember, honestly, if I called back out to him. I don't know if I was like, Dan, are you okay? And I just don't know. So what I ended up doing, like, I was in the lounge, got off the phone with Dan, and I was just like, fuck this. I went and got my sage, and I just saged the shit out of this place. I started with our bedroom. I spent a really long time in here, and then I just did the entire house. And ever since, I haven't felt anything here, but I'm just glad I didn't sit and try and get some more information out of that spirit because I just don't, like, I don't really believe in, like, demons and all that kind of stuff. I know some people do. I just haven't had any experiences with them. So I'm just weary, you know? Like, if they were trying to play tricks, they weren't nice tricks. I don't like feeling like someone's got their hands on my throat, you know? It's just... Not nice. <laughs> I know that in last episode I talked about how I'd oh, I had this message, I think, from a family friend of ours and I basically just mumbled jumbled my way into trying to figure out who this person was. I did end up sending a letter to them what I ended up doing because I just didn't know how to word it like it had been probably like 23 years since I'd spent any time with this particular family member and I, I like how how do you just bring something like this up out of the blue you know so I actually sat and called in the mum I called in our family friend and asked her to help me write something, and she did, and so I did what I don't usually do, and I just trusted it. I thought that she wouldn't have come through unless she knew the family was ready for it. I just need to start trusting the messages that come through and actually forward them on, so I did that, and I got a response. I got a response saying thank you, and that was kind of it, like really short and sweet. And then I just sent another reply, just apologizing um, for being so out of the blue and just hoping that their family had a Merry Christmas. Because the last thing that I want is now that I'm actually doing readings, like I started this podcast not doing readings and not believing in doing them, how times have changed. But I didn't want them to think that I was reaching out to them and it was anything to do with me. I didn't want to start some conversation about how I was psychic and things like that. I also didn't want them to think that I was trying to like prey on them for them to book in a reading or something like that. Like it just wasn't like that at all. I just received a very strong message and I wanted to send it through. And I can't lie, like I did second guess it. I wondered if I'd done the right thing. But later on that day, my mum went through all our family photo albums and found a picture of the woman that I'd thought had come through to me. And you know how I'd said that I'd seen her initially in like this blue, oh sorry, not blue, this silver kind of foil hair wig in like this specific corner in the family room of our house. The photo that my mum found was of her and her husband. They were 
in that specific corner that I'd seen, like in the corner of our family room, and she wasn't wearing one of those blue foil hair wigs, but she, oh, why do I keep saying blue? Wasn't wearing one of those silver foil hair wigs, but she was wearing a silver fascinator. They had a murder mystery party <laughs> and it looked bloody fun, <laughs> I have to say that. So I got chills when I saw it and my mum and I were just in agreement. We're like, okay, yeah, it was her. We've done the right thing, you know? Um, and I'm happy with how I got to the point that I knew it was her. I'm happy that it wasn't that specific wig that I saw that she was wearing. I know that when I see that wig, it had a really strong tie to my papa or my dad in some kind of celebration or party. And it was a party that my mum and dad had put on at our house. So, you know, like I know anyone that's skeptical like me would be like, ah, nah, Lydia, you're reaching. But to me, it makes sense. And it sounds awful, but I'm kind of the only person that has to make sense too. So <laughs> I'm just going to go with it. But I do really want to thank you guys. Sorry, I guess I'll just do a little life update. Oh, I haven't even told you what this episode's about. <laughs> if you choose to continue listening, this episode is about me receiving some dreams and shooting in with my spirit guides about them and the events that happen next. I know that's very fake but I just don't know how to give any more detail without giving everything away. Uh, as a little update I do just want to thank everybody. I know a few weeks ago now I'd put a little post up on Instagram I think just sharing like my reading offerings that I have and I said that the more that I get to do the more my abilities grow and I'm just seeing that daily. I have had 70 bookings this month for this month and I'm not going to lie, a little bit overwhelmed. I absolutely love doing them. So like I'm sitting on Zoom or I'm tuning in remotely and sending a reading over email and I'm always nervous beforehand, but afterwards like it just feels so right and it's just a feeling I can't get from anything else in my life, which is sad, but I'm also so grateful for it. So I'm in this weird little position where I kind of have to monitor how many bookings I can take a week so that I don't get overwhelmed. Because like at the moment, I'll do five hours before I go into work or I'll come home from work and do three hours. Um, and that's just not sustainable. So I need to be... I need to be smart <laughs> and I tuned into my spirit guides yesterday and they were like Lydia you need it <laughs> you need to start taking this seriously like you actually need to like account all your ingoings and outgoings and things like that and I was like oh I don't want to hear that I don't like accounting <laughs> but I did have this one spirit that came through to me the other week and We've had to fill out our tax forms at work. And I don't know if, I mean, for any of you in Canada, your tax system makes no sense to me. I thought the New Zealand tax or IRD or whatever we have, the Inland Revenue Department, I thought that was complicated, but it's really not. We're really lucky back home. So I was falling asleep and the spirit comes through and they're just telling me how to fill out these like TS1 forms or whatever they're called. 
And I was loving it. I was like, okay, this is boring me. So you're helping me get to sleep. But also like this information's really good, but I know I'm not going to remember it in the morning. And I didn't. But it was a funny experience, nevertheless. Uh, the only other update before I get into the nitty gritty of the episode is that we have a new flatmate. And I was being very coy about <laughs> my readings. I didn't want to tell him because he's 21, he's a baby. And I didn't want to freak out, like thinking that he just moved in with this absolute weirdo. So every now and again, we'd all be watching TV. And for instance, we were watching Home Alone on Christmas Eve. And I had to leave the room because I had to go and do a reading. I had a booking. And I was like, I'm just going to go meditate. And they're like, you're not going to watch the rest of the movie. I was like, nah, nah, I'm just going to go meditate just for half an hour. I pop out to my room. And then the next day he comes up to me and he's just like, Lydia. And I was like, yeah. He's like, so when you meditate, what are you doing? And I just like went into this big spiel about how I was never into meditation. I only got into it because of my concussion and I found myself in a really low spot and I was just trying to help my mindset. And ever since, you know, I've just been able to do it more and more. And the conversation kind of ended there and I thought I had it all under control. But so I like time all my readings so that no one's home because we all have different work hours. But this one night I was finishing up on a reading. I could hear both Dan and our flatmate, his name's Luke. I could hear them both come in and <laughs> I could hear them come in and I was distracted for a second, but it was like right at the end of the reading. So it was actually okay. And then Dan came into the room and he was like, how'd that go? And I was like, oh, you know, it was good. And then he said, oh, by the way, I told Luke about your readings. And I was like, what are you, what are you doing? And he said that they'd come in together at the same time, caught the same bus home. And as they'd walked in, Dan had said, Lydia's just doing a reading, so we just have to be quiet. And so Dan came into the room not to tell me that he'd done that, but also because he said, I now have to go out and explain to Luke what a reading is. <laughs> so I went out there, I did my best explanation. And the sweetest thing is, is that he just like, because he's a real party boy, like he's a snowboard instructor. He just snowboards all day and then goes out at night. And he sat and like listened to me and like asked all these measured questions. And I don't know, I must have seemed flustered because I just don't like talking about this stuff to people that I don't think will receive it very well or people that I think will judge me and he was just calm and interested and I apologized to him I was like I'm so sorry I didn't really want you to know I don't really like people knowing and he just said oh I hope I haven't made you feel uncomfortable I've been choosing my words to try and make sure that like my questions aren't bad or something like that you know and I was just like wow like it's very rare to get that kind of reaction especially from someone so young you know so that was quite a nice little nugget of life <laughs> I've never said that before in my life but this first for everything yeah so that's where we're at so very busy girl with no secrets for anybody at the moment but I guess that takes me to what I'm actually meant to be talking about today. My little spirit guides, huh? 
gosh, it's been a whirlwind since I started chatting to them. Like sometimes I think back to it and I'm just like, oh gosh, was life easier then? (laughs) Was it just more simple? I don't know. But in last episode, I'd talked about how I'd had this one dream, how Dan's sister was having like a breast screening. But for some reason in the dream, I knew it wasn't her. I knew it was someone else, like an old colleague. A few nights later, I had another dream. And that dream was me finding a new lump in my left breast. And I've already found that before when I was younger, when I was about 24. And I have a whole lot of trauma associated with that and with our family's history with breast cancer. I'm due for like a second ultrasound from the screening that I had just before we came to Canada because they'd found, I think it was two or three more and you have to follow up within six months and we didn't know we were going to be over here for so long and I'm kind of waiting to go back to the people that I trust back in New Zealand. So I don't know if I had this dream just because it's something that's definitely in the back of my mind, like at all times. And especially like, this is going to sound really strange, but like as your boobs kind of fluctuate, like in the month with your hormones and your menstrual cycle and things like that, it's just something that I'm always wary of. Like, it's not something I can just forget about and go on with my life. Like, it's just like there's this undercurrent of that little bit of fear that something could be going on. And then... The next morning, I got the mountain because the day before was a powder day and I'd just done my first blue run. I did it with a friend who was practicing snowboarding the opposite way to what's natural to them. (laughs) And I just wanted to practice more and more like I'm literally in my happiest I've ever been when I'm on the mountain. Like, I don't know, just scenically, it's really beautiful. It's so quiet. I like being on my own and I like doing something that scares me and I like getting better at something that scares me. And I don't know if it's like the autistic side of me that just likes practicing the same thing over and over and over and seeing results and getting better. But it's just a really satisfying thing to be able to do. And I just want to be out there like 24-7. So this day I go up on my own and I had a really good first run. The snow was a little bit harder than the day before and that scared me a little bit. It meant that I went faster when I was on my board. And I don't like going fast, I like going slow. So, Which is probably why no one wants to ride with me. But... I was really nervous and I remember texting Dan at one point and I just said to him, look, I'm not as confident today, like something's happened, I'm really nervous and he was like, you know, just focus on X, Y, Z, like he's a really good snowboarder so he'll come and do some runs with me every now and again and like give me pointers and he'll ride behind me and just say things that I should be doing and I get really grumpy because I think I'm already doing those things (laughs) But, but he always helps me, like it's it's always a really um, helpful bit of advice that he gives. And what I decided was I'd done like some really beautiful runs the day before, but I think I think I thought they'd be a little bit too scary 
on the harder snow. So I was like, you know what, I'm just going to do some green runs today. I'm going to explore the mountain. So I choose this track and I tell you what, I was so grumpy because it was a cat track and I didn't know it was a cat track because for some reason Whistler doesn't do what every other mountain does and it doesn't outline its cat tracks saying that they're a cat track. It'll just say that it's an easy track. Cat tracks are typically the easiest way to get down the mountain. They have the least gradient and at most times they're just flat. And this particular cat track that I found myself on was pretty much flat. Like at one point, I, (laughs) one point, at like six different points, I had to take my shoes out of my bindings and shoes, (laughs) take my boots out of my bindings and hold my board and just walk. And I like sent this video to Dan. I was like, nice fucking day for a hike. Like I was so grumpy. And if you're wondering why, it's because like as a snowboarder, you need to have gradient to actually go anywhere. If not, you have to like wiggle your way forward. And it's just really, really tough. It like uses every bit of your body. And I don't mind doing it for a little while. But for instance, a run that would usually take me five or 10 minutes, that same distance took me an hour and a half to get down this cat track because I got to the end of it and I realized that I was at the specific chairlift and I literally wanted to throw myself off a cliff. But I got on the chairlift, got back up and I was texting Dan and I was like, this is the worst day. I just wanted to have a good day on the mountain. I've wasted all this time. I need to go home. I'm tired, blah, 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 like just complaining his little ear off. And I messaged him and I was like, I don't know if I should just get the gondola down right now or if I should do one more run down the runs that I like and download Get Off the Mountain at the mid station. And I didn't see his message, but he'd replied saying, do whatever you feel is best, you know. And... I sat at a little cafe on the hill and I was like, you know what, I'm going to give myself one more run, you know, and it was at this point where I was walking outside and the song, because they always play music at those little chalets or whatever you call them, the song came on and it's a song from TikTok and I'm the worst singer, so please forgive me, but it goes like, something bad's about to happen and then it just says that like over and over and over and I was saying to myself I was like no Lydia this isn't a sign like no one's sending you a sign right now this is just a coincidence this is nothing to do with how you're going to be down the mountain and I ended up going down I fell quite a few times but it was fine and I ended up going for art prey which is like drinking after Um, being on the mountain, caught up with Dan, caught up with all of our friends. And I said to Dan, you know what? That was actually the best run going down. I'm so glad I didn't stop the day there. And he was like, yeah, that's the one thing with snowboarding is you can have a really shit day, but it can also turn around in a moment. And so I was really proud of myself for like persevering and letting myself go on with that. But my knee was really sore. (laughs) And I'd only noticed as I was on the gondola down from the mountain, like I hit the same spot on my knees kind of over and over because that's just what happens when you're like turning and things like that. But 
as we were sitting having dinner and, and having these drinks, I could feel that like it was kind of getting like too tight for my thermals. Like I could just feel that it was just kind of locking a little bit under the table. And we ended up all catching a bus home together and we had to walk quite a bit to the bus stop. And I was saying to Dan, I was like, oh, I don't know if I should be walking on this right now. Like my knee's really bad. The next day I look at it and I can't lie. I love a bruise. Like I like when bruises come up on my body because I'm like, yeah, like <laughs> I'm not a little press. Like I'm not this little like wrapped in cotton wool person, which I am, but they make me feel quite edgy. Like I've done something fun. You know, it's like evidence of doing something fun. It's probably how people feel about tattoos. Um, but I get up in the morning and I'm like, oh, this is going to have some mean bruising. And I look at it and there's nothing there. And I was just like, okay, that's weird. But it was really swollen. And I kept going up to Dan being like, do you see how swollen this is? And it took him a few days of me going up to him being like, do you see how big my knee is? And for me limping around the house, for him to be like, Lydia, you, you've got to do something about this now. Like either there's nothing wrong with your knee or there's something wrong with it. You need to go see a doctor. Seeing a doctor over here is really hard work. Like you kind of have to go to the emergency room and that could be like a seven or eight hour day. So what do I do instead? I sit down and I tune into my spirit guides. I've never like had them tell me what was wrong with my body before, but because I'd had that dream the night before with the lump in my breast, I just kind of wanted to tune in and be like, hey, what's going on? Like, and I kind of just wanted to see if I could do it. So I sat down at the end of my bed and I closed my eyes and I turned off all my chakras, like I visualized them all turning on. And then I just asked my spirit guides to come forward to give me advice about my health. And first up, they said that the lump in my breast is, uh, oh my gosh, I've, oh, I've missed out the biggest part of the story. Okay. <laughs> Shit. Um, okay, hold on. So the day after I had this dream about the lump, I'd asked the universe for a sign that it was nothing to worry about and I'd asked for a sign of a hummingbird and that day I didn't get it but I went to sleep that night and I saw a hummingbird in the dream and oh, I'm saying this so badly Ugh. I went to sleep and I started dreaming and I remember being at this restaurant and seeing I think the word hummingbird was on the menu or something and I remember reading it and thinking like hey that's my sign and then putting two and two together realizing that I'm dreaming and thinking oh this doesn't count because I'm dreaming and then a few seconds later in that dream I'm looking at that same menu and there's like a um, little drawing or outline of a hummingbird on the menu and I kind of look at it and I'm just like okay maybe this is a sign but I wake up and I'm driving to work and I'm in the car and I'm just thinking to myself, like, can a sign like come through to you if it's in a dream? Like for some reason, there's part of my brain that's like it doesn't count as a sign if it's in your dream because your dreams could just be based on whatever you're thinking about before you go to bed, you know, like it's kind of like an extension of our imagination. So I don't believe it as much. I'm just like... This is me sending myself hummingbird, you know? 
so I think to myself, I'm like, does a sign only count if it's given in waking life? And I just hear my spirit guides in my ear say, how do you know that that wasn't in waking life? How do you know that that wasn't in waking life? And <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet because my mate's in the lounge and I don't want him to be listening, but that blew my bloody mind. Like it really blew my mind. It gave me an existential crisis that day and I really freaked out and it made me question everything, but now I've kind of blocked it out of my brain, which is why I've forgotten to even say that part in this episode. I'm so, so sorry. Um, so with that in mind, <laughs> I'd sat and tuned into my spirit guides. I asked them about my or I didn't ask them anything. Sorry, I'm just remembering. I think I just asked them to give me information and I just heard it immediately. And they told me that there is a new lump in my breast. It's a fibroendinoma. There's nothing to worry about. And that the damage that I've done to my knee is a torn meniscus. And I tuned out of them sat down, got my laptop open and started researching a torn meniscus because like I'd never heard the word meniscus before um, but it sounded quite, I don't know, <laughs> it sounded very medical. <laughs> so I looked it up and the symptoms were like lots of swelling, knee locking, pain, I don't know, everything that I was feeling, right? Because this is also like six days in and I haven't got any bruising. And so I get really excited and I go out and I tell Dan, I was like, I'm just tuned into my spirit guides. They've told me I've torn my meniscus and he laughs at me. He's just like, I'm sorry, what? And I was like, yeah, like they've, they've told me I've torn my meniscus and I've never heard that word before. So I looked it up online and it, it sounds right. Like it's all my symptoms. And he's just like, there's no way you've torn your meniscus. There's no way. Like apparently it's some big injury. And then he gets off that made out. He's like, look, Lydia's spirits just told her that she's torn her meniscus. And they're both just standing there laughing at me. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to the doctor tomorrow. You have to give me $1,000 if I've torn my meniscus. And Dan's just laughing. And then the night goes on. I'm still in pain and I'm grumpy because like the more pain I'm in means like I can't go up on the mountain. Like the next day was another powder day. I just wanted to be up snowboarding and all my friends were up there and Dan was going up, but I couldn't, I had to stay at home. Um, and we're sitting, not sitting, we're lying in bed and Dan is just like, look, there's nothing wrong with your knee. It's it's sore for sure, but it's it's no torn meniscus. If it's a torn meniscus, I'll eat my hat. And so the next day I wake up, go to the emergency room and I see someone within about an hour and a half, I'd say, which is pretty good. And the first doctor came, had a look at it, was looking at my knees and I didn't really see anything. And then he came back with like the head of the department and the head of the department was just standing there. He was kind of like talking through all the biology and stuff. I loved it. I was like, this is like a science lesson. And so I was sitting there like smiling like a lunatic. Then he starts saying that I'll need to go down to have an MRI 
in Vancouver just to rule out an ACL injury. And I said to him, I was like, look, you know, like I've seen ACLs be torn on TV. Like I love sports. I watch sports. That's not what I've done. Like I'm in pain, but I'm not in that much pain. And then he starts talking to the other doctor and he's like, so what we'd want to look for here is like, there's all this swelling. So if there were symptoms of the knee locking and her having to force the knee open and force the knee shut to move, then we'd be looking at a torn meniscus. And I told the first doctor about that symptom. Um, it was the main thing that made me worry because I was like, this isn't how a knee should act. You know, you shouldn't have to be opening your leg for you with your arms. Like your knee should just be able to bend and unbend. And I said to the doctor, I was like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? And he said, if there was locking, we'd be looking at a complex torn meniscus. And I just had this big smile on my face. And I said to him, I was like, I had locking that's been from day one, but it is getting better, but it's still there. And he said, is there any weakness when you stand on your knee? And I said, my knee feels like it's folding in on itself if I put any weight on it. And then he turned to his colleague and he was like, yep, so we're looking at a torn meniscus. And he must have thought I was a psycho because I was sitting there on the hospital bed, like at the point where I was almost laughing, like I was smiling so much, I was trying to contain my laughter. And then they left the room. He basically said that like with a torn meniscus, the recovery could be anything from a few weeks to a season ender and needing surgery. And I ended up texting Dan and I was just like, you owe me a thousand dollars. He replied just being like, oh no, he didn't even reply. He just called me immediately. And I told him, I was like, I have a torn meniscus. And he immediately was like, I'm so sorry. Not about like the whole spiritual, like mocking me, talking to spirits, but just about having the injury. And I didn't, and I didn't really cotton on at the time what he was apologizing for. Because I was okay with the diagnosis. Um, but then I got home and I had to drive to the supermarket and I saw on my way the mountain. I, <laughs> it's at the end of our street. I saw the mountain. I saw everyone in their ski gear and I started crying. I was like, all these people get to ski, they get to snowboard, they get to be on the snow. I don't know when I'm going to be able to do that again. And it's our last year here. We're like returning to New Zealand at the end of the year. So, like, not going to lie, like, I'm in a really low spot at the moment. I'm trying my best to think that it's all happening for a reason. Like, maybe I'm meant to not be up the mountain right now. Maybe it's saving me from a worse injury. Maybe I'm just meant to sit and, like, focus on my readings and, like, growing those. I don't know. Dan's kind of given me the okay to... <laughs> apply for another visa so that we'd be here for another year so that I can get a full season but I asked my spirit guides again and they said I'd be returning at the end of the year so I don't know at the moment I'm just hoping that <sighs> I've I've left out a little bit of information that they told me as well they said that it was going to be a one-month recovery at the moment I'm sitting on three weeks post-injury so I'm not 
I'm not completely believing that, but they said one month on that date, which was like the 14th of January. So maybe by the 14th of February, I'll be on the mountain. Who knows? I've got a physio appointment this afternoon where I'll get some more information and like while we wait for MRI results and things like that. But yeah, oh, I'm ending on a somber note, aren't I? (laughs) It's so nice to be back. I just wish I could see everyone's faces, like this sounds so weird, but like I wish I could see everyone that like listens because I don't know, I just want to know what you look like. (laughs) I find that's the same when I'm doing readings as well. It's like I'll see people that come through and then I always say, if you have a picture, I'd love to see it just because I always like to compare, you know, I don't know. I'm just weird. I'm curious like that. But uh, thank you for being here. Uh, If you'd like to support the podcast, you're more than welcome to book in a reading. My website, www.psychicish.com. But if that doesn't feel right for you at the moment, you can support the podcast through my Patreon and subscribing that way. Otherwise, I'll be on Instagram tomorrow in my Instagram stories with a question box for us to discuss any thoughts coming out of today's episode. But for now, I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Psychic-ish. Bye-bye.